Welcome to the Storytellers with a Message podcast. This is where we tell real stories with real people. I'm Lori Grant, and I'm committed to capturing some of our life stories and lessons we learn from them. Everybody has a story to tell. It was just a normal weekend afternoon for us. Kelsey was super excited about going to her softball coach's house to pick up her windbreaker for the all-star team. As typical for a Saturday, we had errands to run, and we added that stop to our trip list. My older daughter's friend, Jill, had spent the night with us, so it was the four of us that piled into the car that morning, Becca and Jill in the back, and Kelsey and I in the front. One quick note about Jill. She was hilarious. You never knew what she was going to do. This is the same girl that climbed in my car with a bullhorn one afternoon, without my knowledge. When we drove into the parking lot to get ourselves a Jamba Juice, she rolled down the window and started chatting to the people on the sidewalk as we drove by. She was super lighthearted and always fun to be around. So, as usual, we headed down the road with Becca and Jill giggling in the back seat. I don't know what they were giggling about. Who knows? The topics of conversation for that day aren't important, but the normality of the day is. At some point, I looked in my rearview mirror and saw something incredibly strange. I didn't say a word. Well, not at first. I was sure my eyes were playing tricks on me. So I looked again, and then a third time. If what I saw was a real thing, it could potentially be a very bad situation for us. I took a minute to gather my thoughts and to figure out how I was going to handle this. The first thing I did was reach over and turn off the tunes. That got everyone's attention. I made my first announcement. Okay, girls, I need your complete focus here. I've got to tell you something, but you have to listen to me and do exactly what I say. It was a bit dramatic, but it was necessary. The two little wild cards in the back seat needed to know by my tone that I wasn't goofing around. Things quickly settled down back there. I'm going to tell you, but first I need to know you're listening to me and will do exactly what I say. Are we good? I asked him. With that, I got a unanimous yes. So I continued on. First of all, when I tell you what I see, I do not want you to turn around and look. You're going to want to turn around, but it's really important that you don't, okay? Again, I got agreement from the two in the back seat and the one in the front. I explained to them there was a white van directly behind me. It looked like a work van, the kind a telephone repairman might use. I couldn't see the entire side of it, but I did note there was no logo and there was no writing of any kind. I could see the driver and I could see the passenger sitting in the front seats. However, both of them were wearing black knit ski masks. The girls immediately understood the situation. It was August in Southern California, and it was a very warm day. Not exactly ski mask season. Something was very wrong here. The black masks were scary enough, but there was something else I hadn't told them yet. I could also see a gun. 
the gun was being held in the vertical position by the passenger's left hand. I couldn't see the entire gun, but I could see most of it. I could make out the barrel, and I could make out the tip. At this point, I was 100% sure of what I saw. I was incredibly uncomfortable with that van behind me. I didn't want them in any way to know that I had seen them. So next, I told the girls, we're going to take the next right turn and let them go in front of us. The next cross street was a bit down the road, so I asked the girls to help me look for it, hoping to distract them a little bit. It felt like forever. I asked Kelsey to grab a napkin out of the glove box and a pen for my purse. I told her we would write down the license plate if we got a chance. I then asked her to grab my phone, dial 911, and hand it to me. These were the days when our cell phones did not automatically connect to our cars. So using your cell phone while driving was a big no-no. The car was silent. Even Jill was completely silent. The Jill we knew would have made a quick wisecrack about me getting a ticket for talking on my cell phone while driving. It didn't get any more real for them than when I asked Kelsey to call 911. I think I got transferred twice before I actually got to speak to someone. I told the officer what was going on, where we were, and what I saw. I also told her about the gun that I could see. Lucky for me, the girls did not react to the new information and were completely calm. I told the officer I was going to turn off the street that we were on and let the van pass on the next cross street. When I turned, the van passed right by. At that point, I told the officer the street name of where we turned and our 911 call ended. So we made a U-turn turned right onto our original street and continued down the road, assuming there was plenty of road in front of us separating us from that white van. We could see the van down the road a bit, but we were at a safe distance. When the van driver finally signaled for a right turn into a shopping center, I backed off even more. I still didn't want to get very close. However, as we passed by, we had a perfect view of the license plate. Kelsey wrote it down, and we felt much safer now that we were in the clear. Just as the volume in the back seat started to rise, my cell phone rang. Kelsey answered it and let me know it was the police. Again, our car went silent. This officer had a ton of questions. He wanted to know where the van was now. He wanted me to give him a description of the van again. Proudly, I told him the girls had gotten the plate number, and we gave that to him. The next question he asked totally took me by surprise. He said, could you go back and follow the van into the shopping center and let us know where it goes? That was absolutely not going to happen. Heck no. I told him I had a 10-year-old and two 15-year-old kids in my car. I would not be doing that. So the call ended, and we went on our way. And that was it. We never heard or read anything about it. Once we picked up Kelsey's jacket, we finished our errands and headed home. We made up all kinds of stories to what happened in that shopping center. Did we prevent a robbery? Did our tips help capture a bad guy or two? We were left with so many questions. 
but I realized later that we could sum up what we most wanted to know in a single question. Did we make a difference? We will never know the answer to that question, but I hope we did. So here's my message. There will be times when we are simply minding our own business, but somehow we find ourselves smack in the middle of someone else's circumstance. It can be hard to determine if it's a problem or if it's an opportunity. Helping others when we can is just the right thing to do. But we don't always have to be in the thick of things to make a difference. Sometimes it's better to move to the sidelines and help from there, where it's a little safer. Many times, how we help is a choice. Every little bit helps. We can choose to handle a situation with a bullhorn, or we can quietly help from the back seat. This has been Storytellers with a Message. If you enjoyed the show, please hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast app. If you have a great story to tell, I'd love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email at storytellerswithamessage at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Lori, wishing you joy and peace.